Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson, pastor of Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. The Gospel of John, chapter 7. Verse 19, didn't Moses give you the law and yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? The multitude answered, You have a demon. Who seeks to kill you? Now the people clung to the law, but it seems they never actually obeyed the law. They admired and revered the law, but it never changed their lives. How many people today think the same towards the Bible as a whole? I mean, we respect it. Perhaps we even esteem it. But do we follow it? Why do you seek to kill me? Huh, sounds ominous, doesn't it? I mean, were they really trying to kill him at that moment? Well, effectively, yes, even then. You see, they wanted him to stop his teaching, the division, and certainly all this born-again business. They wanted it all stopped at any cost. Again, we have those who want all the religion and all the stuff without the accountability, responsibility, and obedience. Jesus was confrontational and the people would have none of it. They struck back in the same way people do today. They ridiculed him. They attempted to make him a joke, a farce, or some sort of dangerous clandestine underground group. Today, they would have said the Christian movement itself was a cult. They accused him, if you can imagine the irony, of being demon-possessed. Verse 21, Jesus answered them, I did one work, and you all marvel because of it. Moses has given you circumcision, not that it is of Moses, but of the fathers, and on the Sabbath you circumcise a boy. If a boy receives circumcision on the Sabbath, that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man completely healthy on the Sabbath? Don't judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. When Jesus, he first began his ministry, the people flocked to him as if he were a Hollywood star. They wowed. But they didn't change. They stood and applauded. But they weren't going to follow him home. The miracle in question here was the healing on the Sabbath at the Pool of Bethesda. Jesus, still attempting to appeal to their reason, (laughs) if they ever had any, explains that according to their law, circumcision was to take place on the eighth day after birth, even if that meant it was to happen on the Sabbath. So his point, Jesus that is, was that if they would follow through with such an act on the Sabbath to adhere to the rule of the day, then why would they object to making a person well and whole on the Sabbath day? It simply didn't make any sense. But you know, people abandon logic in such situations. It's what makes us so very hopeless to play religion while leaving God out of it. The Jewish leadership were basing their position on what they saw, or at least what they thought they saw. But what they believed was not a fact. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, For I don't see as a man sees, for a man looks at the outward appearance, but Yahweh looks at the heart. Verse 25 says, Therefore some of them in Jerusalem said, Isn't this he whom they seek to kill? Behold, he speaks openly. They say nothing to him. Can it be that the rulers indeed know that this is truly the Christ? And one of the most immediately appreciative aspects of, Uh, is the irony of this verse. 
For just a few verses prior, the Jewish power brokers were incredulous at the mere suggestion that they were trying to kill him. But apparently the people knew the truth. It seems that the average Joe thought it incredibly brave that Jesus would just simply stroll around openly during the festival when people were actually out there trying to do him in. The conjecture began to circulate that maybe the leaders, well, they had decided that this Jesus was indeed the long-awaited Messiah. Even then, the name of Jesus apparently sucked the air out of the room. People have always hesitated in his presence, for he even today is, quote, to the one a stench from death to death, to the other a sweet aroma from life to life, in quote, 2 Corinthians 2, 16. Verse 27 says, However, we know that this man comes from, where this man comes from, but when the Christ comes, no one will ever know where he comes from. So despite the fact that they, well, were tacitly impressed with this Jesus character, they at the same time believed they had this person or his person in a box. They thought they had the facts and figures concerning him all sewed up and a ribbon wrapped around it. I think men today think they also have got Jesus all figured out. They believe they understand all there is to this man. Yet the understanding of Jesus with all of his subtleties and supernatural traits could never be totally realized in one lifetime. And it's a good thing that we have an eternity to do so, I guess. You see, the people had the idea that when the Messiah came, he would be so mystical that he would have no human history and no earthly birthplace. If they, and we today, simply were to know our Bible, we would not be so easily misled. You see, the people, they thought he was from Nazareth, and he was just a simple carpenter's son. But Micah 5.2 says, But you, Bethlehem, being a small among the clans of Judea, out of you will come out to me who is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings are from of old, from ancient times. Jesus was just way too human to be their Messiah. Ironically, a lot of folks today think that he was too heavenly to be their Messiah because, well, he couldn't possibly understand them. He couldn't possibly relate to their humanity and their earthly issues. Verse 28 says, Jesus therefore cried out in the temple teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I'm from. I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you don't know. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. Jesus here readily acknowledged his humanity. He says, indeed, yes, yes, I am currently from Nazareth. Yes, you know my mother and my siblings, but what you do not know is the one who sent me. It was clear that the people could not, well, we would say, think out of the box. They brought all of their religious preconceptions to the table with them. And Jesus had to fit into them or he just was out categorically. Jesus, however, left them with no ambiguity. He didn't soft pedal it. He didn't try to dance around the facts. Nor should we ever when it comes to the reality of Jesus Christ. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.